Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. From the Channel Seed Studios, Nick Oson and Jake Brent talk all things Big 12. This is Firmly Entrenched. Powered by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Here's Nick and Jake on Iowa Everywhere. Welcome into the Channel Seed Studios for Firmly Entrenched on this Wednesday. We've got a lot to talk about today. Even though there's no midweek Iowa State men's basketball game, we've still got a loaded show for you on Iowa Everywhere, presented by Heartland Flags and Gifts. Wow, what a week. This has got to be one of my favorite rundowns, one of my favorite weeks to talk about. Like you said, no midweek games yet. We've got areas to cover in three or four different spots for Iowa State sports. Big 12 sports. It's it's going to be a great show, Jake. Yeah, today. So we'll just do a little quick reaction to the Big 12 football schedule that got released yesterday. We already knew the opponents and all that stuff, but seeing the days, seeing some of the locations, how the schedule balances out. Brock Purdy going to the Super Bowl. Just sure we won't be saying anything that's not been said already. And then what I'm excited for, we're going to do some Big 12 mid-season awards. Almost to the halfway point. We're going to Almost, say half, yeah. halfway enough. And then we'll we'll close out with a little bit of preview for Baylor. I mean, w- before we get into everything, we still just have to talk about this past week for Iowa State basketball. I know it, it's a little bit dated, but man, what a two-game stretch at Hilton Coliseum. My guy, I was telling you before the show, you know, in those couple minutes, I was actually able to watch a good chunk because the Badgers did not really have games over this last week. And often when you see people talk about an environment, you know, being the best they've ever seen and things like that, like it can be, you know, some some hype, some excitement. Vivi and I watched that game on CBS against the Jayhawks. And that Hilton crowd absolutely came through. And that was very obvious in the audio. I know you tweeted about it. Many people did just how well that broadcast was. Oh, gosh. Uh, so good. What a great job they did. I feel like that added to everything. Um, you know, really a special day uh, in Hilton. And, you know, I got a big smile on my face. Jake's always happy to do the show. We're going to keep it positive. But 
I will say that was pretty uh pretty impactful the post game comments from coach TJ too like yeah, to kind of lead that off that definitely got a little juice flowing man for sure so I'm a I'm a night owl if I'm asleep before one o'clock in the morning it's a miracle like I'd probably have to take some melatonin and still the night before the KU game I probably didn't fall asleep until two <laughs> and I set my alarm for eight to try and get into the station, get up there by like 10, 10 30. I woke up before my alarm at 7 a.m. And I'm just like, I was so full of juice. I was so ready to go. I just got up. I was there. I was in Hilton like three hours early. And you could just, you could feel the energy in there from the second I stepped in. What, what a two game stretch at Hilton. It was a perfect night to enjoy a glass of Steeple Ridge bourbon as I've rewatched the game when I got home <laughs> at midnight on Saturday night. Let's jump in to the Big 12 football schedule. I'll just go through it real quick if yep. you haven't heard it yet. So they'll open up the season August 31st against North Dakota. Following week, go to Iowa, then a bye week before Arkansas State comes to town on the 21st. They open up Big 12 play at Houston the 28th. Return home for Baylor on the 5th. Go to Morgantown to play West Virginia the 12th. Return home for Central Florida on the 19th. Followed by a bye. And then Texas Tech at home November 2nd. And then another home game against Kansas at Arrowhead Field. We all know Jayhawk fans don't really go to football games. And then Cincinnati comes to Ames. So if you look at that, that is four straight games without a true road game i'm joking about kansas but that will be a more neutral feel and then they'll go to utah and finish with k-state that i got i got a couple thoughts just yeah right off the top Go, go ahead one great job from iowa state and an amazing job from central florida on the schedule release wow yeah that because i did see that even on a busy week two, man, I don't know what the over under will be. You know, I'm, I mean, geez, I, I covered the team at the beginning of the year and obviously it's going to be essentially the same Iowa state team with a couple nice additions I've seen recently, specifically two or three of them. So I know what that team's going to bring. I mean, my first look, I gave a quick glance yesterday. One, two, three, four, five, I mean, that that is a schedule. I don't know what you'd set your number at, but mine would be upwards of seven, maybe close to eight, just on the flat wins line. Yeah. It, so if you look at it, there's probably one game in there that if Vegas set the line right now, the line would be more than like five and a half going the other way. And that would be at Utah. I would guess every other game is going to be within a five point spread or less. And obviously like they'll be favored over 20 by Arkansas state and and North Dakota, but it's not like years past where you can look at a trip to Norman and be like, Oh, that's probably a loss or even a trip to Stillwater. 
the the toughest game is is at Utah the week before Thanksgiving. So I, there's a. What would you set a, that Iowa spread at? It's usually in the four and a four and a half five range. I think there's still going to be so many uncertainties with that offense, um, and their their point total is always so low. Yep. That you're never really going to find Iowa favored by a touchdown or more against power five type teams. But yeah. their defense should be pretty dang good. Again. Their defense is going to be unbelievable. There's yeah. no doubt. But that's not a game that I would expect Iowa State to win. But just the <laughs> you look at the opening of Big 12 play, your toughest trip in there is toughest test is probably at West Virginia. Yep. And that's a game that, um, I mean, we've talked about Neil Brown enough. That's still a game that if Iowa state is who we think they are, that you should, and frankly have to win. So it, it's going to be an off season hype train games. And we'll, we'll talk more football as we go throughout the year, but let me just just say UCF will be better. But then I look down the rest of it, dude, and I could see four out of five wins those last five weeks. Totally. Yeah. I, and it, I know Kansas has won the previous two years, but the gap isn't that big. They also lost some big pieces, both right. players as well as specifically coaching staff. Yeah. So you get them at Arrowhead. I, I believe it'll be the first time in almost 20 years since Iowa State's played at Arrowhead, wow. I would expect no less than 25,000 Iowa State fans there. How that many does it hold? 70. Oh, okay, okay. I would go, yeah, yeah, about maybe even a little higher. Yeah, no, that's that's like the bottom I'd go. I, yeah. I would expect between 30, 35,000. But uh, let's jump into Brock Purdy. First, I'll, I'll thank our presenting sponsor heartland flags and gifts if you're an iowa state fan uh that's really a fan of any other team but the chiefs i would imagine that you're tailing brock party in the 49ers as your nfl playoff team i know certainly since the cowboys got um embarrassed jerry jones came out today and said yeah i could i could work with bill belichick idiot uh <laughs> did he say that, I didn't that. yeah I, I got that alert right before we started it <laughs> threw me off a little bit but if you're an iowa state fan that is supporting the 49ers in the nfl playoffs and you want some swag to go show off for it go to heartland flags and gifts or heartlandflags.com to go get yourself a 49ers flag or just get yourself any flag Go get a Denver Nuggets flag, Chicago Cubs, Chicago Blackhawks. If you want to Chicago adopt, Bears. adopt all of my favorite teams, yeah. Caleb Williams <laughs> flag. You can go to heartlandflags.com or in-store at 3719 Southwest 9th Street. Free shipping anywhere in the U.S. with new products constantly. Every team, every sport, every flag for every fan in the world. Brock Purdy to the Super Bowl. A pretty similar script 
to that Packers game, not team wise, but Purdy wise. Bad first half, and then uh, honestly, the the Packers game was a bad first three and a half quarters. Yeah, and then just figured it out. Did the game winning drive? This one, bad first half. I don't think his first half was quite as bad as it was against Green Bay. There were there were a couple throws that could have been intercepted. Um, but the the interior pressure that the offensive line was giving up, I thought was significantly more. And then the defense obviously was horrible. It was so bad. But then just what a second half by Purdy to silence most doubters. Obviously, not all. That's a pretty impossible task for him to do, clearly. Yeah, I think – well, I'm going to go a few places – here jake first off i could not agree more i i mean i i watched that game pretty intently you know certainly the afc game but then much of the nfc i thought he had like two bad plays in the first half but outside of that i didn't think he was that bad i was texting one of my good friends that 49ers defense for about a quarter and a half looked like the worst in the nfl honestly it was bad honestly honestly anything the Lions are doing. I remember it was like a third and 11. Let me just do a design, you know, delayed handoff zone run to Jameer Gibbs gets it easily. So I wouldn't put too much on Purdy in the first half. Uh, second half defense looked better. Shanahan called a gem and Purdy balled out as we expected. I, I don't remember what you picked for Chiefs Ravens. I think you also picked Chiefs. Um, yeah. We both picked Niners. So that wasn't surprising. And I'm going to say this. I mean, we've been consistent. Um, oh, yeah I, yeah, I told you I talked about you on another show, too. But I think that we have been spot on, my friend. And I'm actually really proud of this with our Purdy discussion since we started the show late August, early September. You don't have to call him Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. But he is so much more than a game manager. And I've watched enough football. I don't even take game manager as an insult all the time, but what he does with his legs again, another week, another throw to Jawan Jennings, like a really impactful one, uh, one to Kyle use That was really impressive. Like those just aren't things that game managers necessarily do. Certainly not with regularity. So I want to give a lot of credit and then, you know, we have fun on this show. So I'm going to tell you what I'm doing and you tell me what you think of it. I, I sent my guy, for, for those that don't know, obviously, sent my guy, Jake, and my good friend, Aiden, a screenshot Sunday night. I picked the Super Bowl back in September. Now, I don't lie. What I said was, this was to a friend. I said, I see Mahomes over Purdy in February. Obviously, those quarterbacks are matching up. Some of that Mahomes pick was backed with a future bet on the Chiefs. So what I've done, because I like Purdy and I want to be happy either way, I've placed a little something on Purdy for Super Bowl MVP. All right. That way, very likely win either way. What do you think? I think that's a good play. I Personally, I think whenever you're betting a Super Bowl winner, just taking the quarterback to be MVP is a safe bet. But... It wouldn't shock me if the Niners win, if it's a Christian McCaffrey 
MVP, but we'll, we'll spend a lot more time next week specifically previewing the Super Bowl. I just think the thing with Purdy, so after after the win, I saw the the clip against TCU where he threw the ball 15 yards backwards for a pick six surface. <laughs> and there's no doubt that's one of the worst plays that I've ever seen a quarterback make at any level. But what isn't talked about is Iowa State still won that game on the road at TCU, put up 37 points. That right there is the epitome of Brock Purdy. He will, like, he's fearless. He will make a play where you're like, Brock, what are you doing? His, I I know the throw to Juwan Jennings was incredible. It was so dumb. I cannot believe he threw that ball across his body, but that is the Brock Purdy experience. And when he does throw a pick, when he overthrows a guy by 20 yards, for some reason, it doesn't phase him. He comes back out and then he has like his second half. I'm not just saying this because I I'm obviously an Iowa state fan. His second half is one of the greatest halves played by a quarterback in NFL playoff history. And that is backed up by stats and it's backed up just by the eye test. Yeah. He got lucky on the IU catch off the helmet, but they also threw a flag on it anyways. So if he didn't catch it, they're going to throw a pass interference. And if you look at the slowed down angle, the ball was overthrown by probably two feet. Ayuk was bumped, which probably hindered him by about two or three feet. So, yeah, no, it wasn't a bad ball at all. And Jake, you know how bad, as our great producer would say, you know how sick the haters have to be to be bringing up these old college clips because they're so perturbed and annoyed right now that Purdy's about to be playing in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the truth. And, you know, I, it's one of the few times I, I got tradition. I watched with my brother. He became a huge Purdy fan while I was at Iowa State. We both really like Mahomes. I, I don't know a lot of people that don't like Mahomes. You know, he's one of those top-of-the-line stars that are still, I think, really likable. I think whatever happens in that game, and we'll do a full preview, like you said, uh, next week, but I feel like it's a good story quarterback-wise either way. Would one be more impressive and incredible right now with the Purdy train? Absolutely. But I, I don't think it's like a Purdy against – I know everybody was against Tom Brady basically throughout his career. Yeah, it's either – I mean, Mr. Irrelevant, probably the most famous Iowa State athlete ever – at this point, yeah. Just, I mean, 57 million people watched the NFC Championship. I know Kale Sanderson, I don't think will ever be topped as the greatest Iowa State athlete ever, but, you know, NFL football versus college wrestling. So it's either Mr. Irrelevant from the most famous Iowa State alumni athlete ever, or the Chiefs complete the greatest five-year stretch in the history of football, statistically. And Mahomes right or not enters the goat quarterback conversation that people have already been trying to start. I'll wait and see if he can get seven rings, but uh, we'll have to see. 
either way, it's it's on paper. If you like going into the playoffs, if I would have picked two teams for what would be, I think the most intriguing or best matchup. It not including my team, it probably would have been 49ers and Kansas City. Yeah. I, I don't right know how you could be really against it. And, and as we get to hoops, let me just say Vegas is backing us up because that line opened tight two and a half. I, I've again, I have this future, but so my eyes have been on it. Open two and a half, got all the way down, Jake, at some books to a uh, minus 0.5. I never saw pick them. Now Niners are back up to like minus 1.5. But I mean, either way, one of the closest spreads ever. Yeah. And I think it's because like, obviously, you know, Mahomes edge over Purdy, but the Niners defense, I think they'd be favored by even more if they didn't look like they have the last two weeks. Right. Yeah. They've, they've not looked like a Super Bowl team, but you got to give credit to not just Brock, but also the team as a whole that they have come through mm-hmm. with their backs against the walls two straight weeks, which was a major, major concern for Kyle Shanahan coached team. Let's move into some generic Big 12 hoops talk before we get into our midseason awards. Just got a couple teams that I want to hit on. I want to start with Houston. They started off the year two road losses in the conference at Iowa State and at TCU. And it was a pretty rude awakening to the Big 12. Our questions were, I mean, are they going to be good enough on the road against good teams to separate themselves from the Kansas, from the Iowa State, from the Texas Tech, and they have done it. Obviously, they had that win at BYU last Tuesday, and then just a great win at Texas on Monday night. What what can you say about this Houston team? Yeah, definitely, Jake. I love it. You know, I think that we had some questions because of the previous leagues they've been in, because kind of their mo to win like they're not a flashy offensive team uh x's and o's schematically by any means but that was a game i was able to watch a good 20 minutes of actual game time so probably 40 45 minutes monday night i know seth greenberg of espn gave iowa state a ton of credit about a week ago saying they're the toughest team that he's seen which i love houston's up there for me they are athletic, physical, tough, can defend. They've got more depth in the post, I'll admit, than I really knew about, mm-hmm. obviously with another star freshman. And I know we'll talk about this this player a little bit more, so I'll wait. But specifically that backcourt, they're old. They can shoot, but if they're not shooting, they can just drive and get fouled all the time. I completely agree with what you're saying. They'll drop another one, two, see probably two more games in the conference but they've really impressed me and calvin sampson i think game by game one of the better coaches to trust in this league yeah we we always talk about the floyd standings on this show neutral for a home win minus one for a home loss 
you gain a point for a road win. And what they did on Monday by winning at Texas, that grants them the ultimate freedom, grants them like the card to play with nothing to lose at Fog Allen on Saturday. That's a game that the the spread probably actually won't be that many points. I'd guess it's KU by three, three and a half. Yeah, I could see, yeah. That's a game that nobody should expect Houston to win. But if they go into Fog Allen, the toughest, I think the toughest environment in all of sports and win, that sets them up nicely. And even if they lose, it doesn't change what I think about them. But talking about changing what I think, I'd like to formally apologize for what I tweeted on Wednesday night. I... So we did our buy-sell last week. I sold Kansas State. What I said on the show was, I'm not selling them as an NCAA tournament caliber team. I was selling them as a Big 12 potential title contender. That Wednesday night, I was so impressed by just their tough shot making in the second half to even make that a game. And I quoted that tweet, said, I'm sorry, I'd actually like to buy Kansas State stock. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> that team is not making the tournament. No. They certainly are not a Big 12 title contender. And I, I just want to pull up this, this stat from friend of the program, Alex Gukin. Oh, it's not loading. Either way, since Jerome Tang got teed up at Hilton Coliseum the other night, they have suffered, obviously, that loss to Iowa State, a blowout loss at Houston, and then an embarrassing blowout loss at home to Oklahoma last night. I don't know what is going on in Manhattan, but whatever is going on, I think Jerome Tang and their staff should probably focus on internal affairs, internal X's and O's before they're focusing on what other teams are doing. That's all I'm going to say. I they've got some stuff to figure out or they're going to miss the NIT. Yeah. I mean, not, not a ton, you know, really to add. Sometimes you always have to wonder whether it's sports or outside of sports when, you know, coaches or people in kind of the, the power and authoritative spots, when they start worrying Jake about other things, maybe you're feeling some pressure internally about what you know, is happening or could happen down the line. I'm obviously just talking about from a basketball point of view, but yeah, that, that team, that was, that was pretty bad against an Oklahoma team that is like, good, they're solid, but they shouldn't be beating nearly anyone in the big 12 uh, like that on the road. So that was, yeah, you know, surprising. And now that team is, quickly out of the field for the NCAA tournament. And I guess we'll see how they kind of finish the back half of conference season. Right. Yeah. Part of the reason I sold my stock last week was because their schedule was so tough. So you, you get beat by 20 on your home floor. It makes your path to the NCAA tournament that much harder. TCU. That's the last team I want to touch on before we get to our big 12 mid season awards. 
that win has aged like fine wine. They, <laughs> I follow, I check bracketology pretty much every day. They were a team that was yep. on that last four in, last four buys bubble, and they have picked up back to back, go win in Waco. Oh yeah, and then beat Texas Tech last night. Those are two massive wins that, I mean, just adds to the quad one, adds to your tournament resume, but it gets you right back in the thick of things to be there towards the end if Houston has a collapse or something like that, to be in that Big 12 title race. Yeah, really impressive win. I mean, I I don't think either of us kind of figure Tech as the best team in the conference, though we just talked about their schedule a little bit earlier, uh, might have been before the show, you know, just about kind of their potential in kind of winning the Big 12. But still, TCU, really good couple wins. I've been looking forward to doing this segment, Jake, as we are just flying by today. Before that, we'd like to hand out our first winners to the Kane Brown concert. excuse me, at the Iowa Event Center on April 18th. It's a pair of tickets plus a $50 gift card for dinner that night. And our winner is... Vicky Thompson. Congratulations, Vicky. Reach out. Aiden, where should should Vicky reach out? I will reach out to her. Oh, she doesn't worry about that. Awesome. Yep. Well, congratulations, Vicky. Enjoy Kane Brown. Nick, what's your favorite Kane Brown song? Did I just um, put you on a spot I shouldn't have? You did, but I think I can maybe get one. Is he, is he saying it's like the get down or something? Is that him? Uh, I'm about to have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If not, if not, then I don't think well, I can. Not a country guy, Nick Oson. At least you're no, not like Williams. Williams is out here. Dogging on him, calling him douche country. And then here we are on the on the program promoting his show. Here, t- you tee up their segment. I'm going to find just the song I was thinking. <laughs> I, I think I know what you're talking about, but um, either way, I'm not going to sing Kane Brown on, on the stage. I don't have the voice for it, but. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Let's get into our Big 12 midseason awards. So I'll just... We've got... Six. Six awards we're going to hand out. Some players, some teams. We're just going to. It was not Kane Brown, by the way. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe we can get him to cover it at the Iowa Event Center on April 18th. Join our giveaway (laughs) at iowaeverywhere.com. That's good stuff. Yeah, good stuff, Osam. So, our six awards that we're handing out we're going to do Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year. Defensive player of the year, and then two team awards. The biggest surprise and the biggest disappointment. Mm-hmm. Oson, I'll let you start with 
who you think is going to be the coach of the year or not who you think if you had to vote today right now that's how we're approaching this yes sir and major credit uh you know just to my guy jake real quick you know he puts together these rundowns and this was an idea i was headed to something last night and we kind of chopped up i think it's awesome so midpoint right now i hope our great listeners like this but i mean it i've got iowa state head coach tj otzelberger you know, I, I figured my pick and Jake's will be kind of some of the most talked about. I don't think you can go wrong with this one. I, I'm going to say how ISU has, quote unquote, turned it around. And it's not like they were bad necessarily in non-conference, but they didn't have kind of those marquee wins. Throw that out the window, my friend. They have picked up several already in conference play. It's not crazy surprising because we know how high I've been on this team, but darn it, it's impressive. And I, I think that he is a guy that deserves a ton of credit right now in this conference. Totally. I Just the – if you look at it from years past, the resume isn't much different. It's honestly probably a little bit worse than the previous two years. But there's no doubt in watching and looking at the analytics that Iowa State has taken a major jump compared to the last two years I'm going to go with Grant McCaslin, Texas Tech. First year out of North Texas. They finished tied for last place last year, and now they're tied for first place. Wow. Quite a turnaround. I know we've talked about their schedule a little bit. It's probably one of the easier ones in the conference, but still. It doesn't matter who you're playing if you're in the toughest conference in America. If you've gone from last to first as a first-year head coach, I think that's pretty worthy. Yeah, not not a ton to add because I, I know you're going to start leading with player of the year. But just again, Jay, great pick. Sincerely, I think those were the only two you could really say right now. I mean, we'll see if, if TCU keeps this rolling, like you mentioned. Maybe you throw Dixon in late. But yeah, I mean, not not Kansas State, you know, not Kansas. Not giving not your vote to Jerome Tang. At this point, I'm not. No, you know, early on, uh, non-con, Maybe you throw Porter Moser, but right now I love our picks. And one of the top ones, this actually surprised me. We've got the same one player of the year for you, Jake. Yeah. I'm going Jamal shed. I was, I was actually a little bit shocked last night when I was looking at stats, doing the research, he's 25th in the conference in scoring. Yeah. Which usually doesn't equate to conference player of the year, but if you just watch the game and you see the impact that he has and Houston's not out there scoring 80 points a game. So of course their best player scoring isn't going to equate to 19, 20 a game. He took over that Texas game last week or last week, three days ago. (laughs) I think he's the most important player in the conference. We saw what he could do in Ames. He had like a C night and he still hit a go ahead shot with three minutes to go. He still got them kind of back in that game. He's he's the type of player that could put Houston on his back and take them to the Elite Eight come March. Yeah. Really well said. You know, I I was almost I almost did a double take. I was watching that game and I checked his stats on ESPN. I think he averages like eleven or twelve. I was like Dang, you know, I, I definitely thought that it would be higher than this, but his impact, like you mentioned, the most important player on 
probably the best team right now, a team that's very experienced. They're, they're guard heavy yet they're post heavy. Like they're just, they're just deep at kind of the one and two and then the four and five, really. I think he's been really impressive. And again, as we've seen these last few years, man, older players can win. He's so connected with, with Calvin Sampson. So I'm in agreement. Uh, next up, freshman of the year. Now, this is close to changing. This is another one where I felt there were only two, three options. I, I think that coming in, I think a lot of people maybe would have thought Marco Jackson could be the guy at Kansas or something like that. But I've got Walter at Baylor. Uh, you know, I, 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 excuse me, similar to coach of the year, I felt like really only two choices you could go with. I was close to picking another player that we both know and, and have covered very well. I just felt like statistically got Walter ahead a little bit. I think that Baylor has been impressive at times. And I think he is really the go-to guy for a lot of their success. Certainly the points per game back it up. We'll see how he kind of evolves throughout conference play. But right now, that'd be my pick. I I would have to agree with you, but for argument's sake, mm-hmm. let me pick Milan Mumchilovic. And here's the case for Milan. So if you treat this award like the MVP, let's say in the NBA, Iowa State has jumped so much analytically from the 100s, the 200s in offense to now the 50th ranked offense on Ken Palm. I think the single biggest reason for that would be Milan. And not necessarily he's out here averaging 20 points a game, hitting four threes a game, but simply because that he spaces the floor and adds a threat that hasn't been there before. Mm -hmm. And I... You saw it on Saturday. KU was face guarding him the whole game. They were not allowing him to get space. And you saw him grow up over the course of that game. He had an air ball in the first half that missed by two feet. I'm not kidding. It wasn't even close. And then he just kept battling. He was able to find ways to come off screens, get his shot off. Because they weren't, they were not allowing him to go back to the basket and fade away. They were just they were getting completely up in his grill to where it probably could have been called a foul if a worse officiating crew was there. Honestly, I thought they officiated the game pretty well on Saturday. But that's that's my case for Milan is just if the best coach in college basketball is face guarding you and, and making you the focal point of their defensive game plan, that's a pretty compelling case. Yeah, 100%. I noticed that as well. You know, I think that, I mean, it's it's not really shocking. Like I, I kind of mentioned in our notes, he is truly an amazing, amazing player for a freshman. Great kid. Obviously, I, I really got to know him kind of through the recruiting process. And he will be in, in the NBA, whether it's in a year, year and a half, two years, whatever that might look like. He's another future pro, just like Walter. Really nice pick there, Jake. So defensive player of the year, I'm doing a repeat. I don't know how I I don't know how common this is. It probably won't happen, but I'm just gonna go Jamal Shedd. I think I think he's a lock for this award. Something drastic would have to happen. I think the more questionable one would be him 
winning conference player of the year. He is the, he's the main part to the best defense in the country, ranked 16th in the country in steal percentage. You just watch him. He is an unbelievable NBA type defender. Reminds me a little bit of Davion Mitchell from Baylor a few years ago, just a brick wall on the perimeter that nobody's getting by him. He's, he's incredible. Yeah. That's a nice comparison. I saw you had this. So again, for, you know, a different kind of uh, writing sake, show sake, argument sake, I wanted to go with something else. So it was between two guys. It was Dewan Harris and it was the player that I ended up choosing. And I haven't gotten a chance to dive into the analytics, but for some of this stuff, man, the eye test matters. Totally. And I went, I, I guess my bias is showing a little bit going through my picks, but I'm going with Hassan Ward. I mean, I have watched just about every Iowa State conference game. And when he is in there, how tough it is for anybody to get to the rim. Sorry, not just get there, to be able to finish because he is so fast with his rotations now. Didn't used to be last year, but now long, athletic. I mean, I think in the last week I've seen four or five shots alone blocked off of the glass from him. That's really impactful. And obviously Iowa State's defense is one of the best in the country. So that was my pick, and it was one I was pretty excited about. Yeah, he's he is a total game changer. And it's similar to what I said about Milan. If you just look at Iowa State's defense without him, it's drastically different. And not not like saying him off the floor and Jones on the floor. I'm saying when you go 40 minutes total without Ward, what we saw in Orlando is completely different than the team right now. And yeah, Ward, Ward is a huge piece of that. And he's... He's something that they really haven't had the last two years. Condit, while, yeah. Condit and, and Oshun had, they would flash potential of being rim protectors, but Ward's doing it night in, night out, getting two, three blocks a game, it seems like. I don't know if the stats would back that up, but that's what the eye test. I think it, yeah, I thought I saw like 1.7, 1.8 yeah. or something, but yeah, I mean... Jake, they, these defensive performances from him continue to add a little skill offensively. These types are going to get him some pro workouts, and he can obviously play the game of basketball, whether it's you know probably not NBA, but you know G League or, or something like that right. for a long time. It's impressive what he's what he's doing rim protection wise. A couple team awards. My largest surprise to this point, we've hit on him a few times so far in the show. It's Texas Tech. I still want to dive into the rest of their schedule a little bit more, but I don't know a soul that picked them to be this high no. as we are now. We're going to be in February when many people tune into this last day of January. So that was my pick. Loved it. Loved the one you've got coming to. Yeah, I'm taking BYU. Coming out of the non-conference, they were this analytics darling, similar to Iowa State, but they had absolutely nothing to show for it. So when you have that, all you do is pretty much kick the crap out of bad teams. And then you open up Big 12 play by losing by 10 on your home court to Cincinnati. You're like, is BYU even a tournament team? And they've 
responded and shown that they not only are a tournament team, but they're a potential top four seed type team. Really tough out at home. Obviously, they lost to Houston, but there's not much shame at that point in losing to Houston. I'm impressed by BYU for a team that I thought might struggle to get to eight, nine wins in the conference. I think we'll, we'll probably get there pretty easily. And on the other side, we're going to go with the biggest disappointment. I think there's a few different directions you could have gone here. Uh, I'll go first. I already touched on them, so I don't need to spend too much time on them, but it's K-State coming off of an elite eight. I know they lost Marquise Noel and uh, Keontae Johnson, but what Jerome Tang showed in his first season, you just kind of think, oh yeah, they'll, they'll get back to the tournament. They'll be in the mix in the Big 12, um, but it's been a poor coaching job. No way around that. It's There's no reason they shouldn't be a tournament team, but they aren't, and I think that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say it's been a good coaching job. I think as we're realizing, there there are some pretty big holes in that roster too. Yep. But, yeah, they've definitely they been They lost a guy too. Got to be fair to him. Yeah, and no, no depth over there. Oh, yeah, good, good call, uh, Tomlin, as well. For me, you know, I, I'm going to say I'm disappointed in Oklahoma State. I didn't think they'd be a contender, necessarily tournament team. I didn't think they'd be this bad, man. I, I really didn't. But my pick was Texas. Now, the last bracketology I saw, they were still in it. I think they were like last four buys. And just with the opportunities in this conference and a little bit of their non-con, I still think they get there. I mean, I I don't think they have a ton of bad losses. Obviously, Houston, like we talked about, that's not a bad loss. They were the underdog. But if I'm not mistaken, they were a top 10 to 12 team ranked coming into the year. Coming off of an Elite Eight. Yeah, and I I am actually – I know you know a lot of Iowa State fans like to – kind of give him some crap. I actually like Rodney Terry, and I think that the talent is there. They play hard. Maybe just the roster doesn't fit perfectly, but still think they get there. Uh, Kansas State, great pick from you. I just thought Texas would be more in that top three or four teams in the conference. Yep, and I'll, I'm not going to give it to him, but before we move on to Baylor, I think there's a case for Kansas. Just bringing in the top transfer in the country, but – it's just pretty clear the depth isn't what it has been in Lawrence. But losing at West Virginia, at Central Florida, it's not been the typical Kansas year. But that's not to say they they still can't turn it around and do what Kansas does pretty much every year under Bill Self. They'll so, still somehow find themselves at the end of that second weekend at least, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's spend about five minutes on Baylor. We went a little bit. A little bit long. Also, the the Cyclone women play Oklahoma State tonight at Hilton Coliseum. We're not going to preview that. It'll date this show too much. Iowa State goes to Baylor this week. The Bears play at Central Florida tonight in Orlando. Iowa State went 3-0 against Baylor last season. That was their first win in Waco since 2013, back when Kenny Cherry was on the team. That's a throwback. Brady Heslop, Isaiah Austin. <laughs> Isaiah so, Austin, nice. Uh, Baylor, is, 
this is what I'll say about Baylor. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. This is one of the most staggering Ken Palm stats I've seen all year. So on the season, they're shooting 41%. Again, third best in the entire country. But conference only, they're shooting 29%, which is good for 12th in the Big 12. I think... I think Baylor wins on Saturday, and I think the case for it is this is clearly an elite shooting team that has to progress to the mean eventually. Is it against Iowa State on Saturday, a team that gives up a lot of threes, a team that, I mean, by design kind of lets you take a lot of threes? Does Baylor just go out and hit 12-13, win this game by 12? I don't see Scott Drew losing back-to-back home games. I think that's the case for Baylor, but I guess we'll learn more tonight when they play UCF. That's on the road, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, which, I mean, let's... let's if they lose that it. game, that's four losses in a row. They're they're already on a three-game losing streak, so... Uh, we'll give some credit. I mean, it's a tough place to play, uh, it seems, at times, at the Central Florida game, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really see four losses in a row. And then if they know, lost like, that, you don't see five losses in a row. <laughs> I like the spot in terms of like time to prepare for Iowa State. I think we've both been impressed. A lot of what we've seen, I think it's going to be an absolute like grinder of a game. I, I actually think it's going to be really close. Uh, but yeah, that's a big time spot for Baylor because Iowa State's been racking up some marquee wins. Baylor needs to get some in conference play. I still think they're like a top two talent team, maybe top three in the conference. Scott Drew is a phenomenal coach. I've liked some of their home energy so far. So yeah, maybe a, a tough spot for Iowa State, but one that I could see going down to the last three minutes. Let me make the case for Iowa State before we make a game pick the case for Iowa state is a similar game to last year where we saw Baylor quit on their home floor because they just did not want to deal with Iowa state's physicality. It was a game that Iowa state came in desperate, which they will not be desperate on Saturday. They really have nothing to lose going to Waco, but we saw them just, you know what? We're not dealing with this today. A lot of young guards, young players might not might not be ready for that test. Or maybe if they do lose tonight, it's kind of a lost locker room type thing. But I would not bet on that against Scott Drew. He's one of the he's one of the sports best. And then of course you just you hit on it a week off to prepare, get healthy. That's the case for Iowa State. Is the physicality leaving leading to turnovers? A lot of transition points. Same same formula that saw them win at TCU. But I think the more likely scenario is Baylor progresses to that mean, hits 12 threes, wins 79-71 in Waco. Is that fair? Yeah. Maybe I, I no, think... let's go, let's go 75-60-66. Okay. Baylor? Yep. I think it's super fair, but I don't know. The more I kind of hear, I just look back at Baylor's last three games and 
just all that time to prepare for this this Iowa State staff. I'm going to pick the Cyclones really? in, a, in a really close game. I like your score. I'm going to go 73-69 Iowa okay. State. Man, if, if Iowa State wins that game, there's going to be – I mean, we're, we're going to be like LeBron and Anthony Davis. We're going to have to have some conversations. <laughs> that would – Little Nuggets reference too there, I see. Yeah. Don't oh man, I'm terrified of the Lakers. They had conversations this offseason. Gosh, what a... don't do this to me today, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's a little too early. Um <laughs> well, I guess they play at Texas on Tuesday too. Let we're not gonna spend any time breaking that game down, but give me just we'll get a, to react to it though. Yeah, we'll get to react to it. Just give me a win or loss. You don't even need to do a score. What what do you think happens? I'll say win at Baylor, loss at Texas. Okay. I'll go. I think they lose both. And that has nothing to do with the Iowa State themselves. I just think you're going to two places that haven't been historically good places to play for Iowa State against two yeah. teams that'll be pretty desperate to get a home win. Certainly Texas is. But, yeah. man, this is an awesome show. I'm, I'm glad we did that. And, hey, we won't set the time for the rundown yet, but – Folks, we'll have a massive Super Bowl preview next week oh, yeah. because an Iowa State legend is quarterbacking in that one. I can't wait, man. Aiden, you got anything you'd like to add before we hop off of here? Don't think you have anything. Sorry, guys. No, it's okay. Other than Aiden looking extra fresh in that jacket, I'm telling you, need one of those. <laughs> it's a good Thank jacket. It's a great jacket. All right. Thanks for joining us today on Iowa Everywhere. This has been Firmly Entrenched thanks to Heartland Flags and Gifts, Channel Seed, and Steeple Ridge Bourbon. We'll see you next week. Iowa everywhere.